0: Fair warning, you've heard this episode before, you really have. The the little marker on the podcast won't say so, but trust me, you have. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning, I'm Dan Kovaciewicz of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins in the same place that you found this. Twins 2, Pirates 0. It might as well have been somebody else something. Pirates nothing. You know this, right? You know this script. Even if you had absolutely no idea what had actually occurred yesterday in Minneapolis, you would know this part. The part where they get zero runs. The part where the other team's pitcher is either perfect or has a no-hitter through three, four, five, six, seven, eight innings. The part where... One poor guy on the Pirates pitching staff gives up a couple of runs and unfairly gets scrutinized for giving up a couple of runs because his team couldn't score any at all. The part where the only competent at-bats had by anyone came from Andrew McCutcheon, Brian Reynolds, and, and, yeah, them. The part where afterward... It's just, man, that other guy, he just had everything gone. He was just pitching lights out. We got pitched two today. That's one of my favorites. We got pitched two today. The part where that other pitcher entered the game with a nine-something ERA, because that happened yesterday as well, with Dallas Keuchel having some of the ugliest numbers. In all of Major League Baseball. What's what's new in this scenario? What changes in this scenario other than the sporadic, out of nowhere burst of offense that will occur once every week or two? What's the growth? What's the maturation of this admittedly younger team? When does it get better? This, just this. I'm not talking about wins and losses. Just this. When does Jack Sawinski stop taking called third strikes? When does that occur? When does upper management, presuming it's not already completely fine with all of this, say, you know what? We're not going to send this one back. We're not going to demote Rodolfo Castro to the minors. You, right here, you need to fix him. Not in Indy, here. We're not going to hide him for you. We're going to get it done right here, or not. Because the next one out isn't going to be Castro, it's going to be you. When is that going to happen? I know, right? So, so yes, I'll prepare for this program and try to think of something original. I'll try to think of something that hasn't come up. Except that it's based on a thing, a scene, that hardly ever changes. You'll have your April that throws everything out of whack. You'll have the 20 and 8 start. You'll have everyone getting excited. You'll have everyone getting optimistic. I was too. I'm not making it sound like I was some exception. And you'll have multiple storylines because you'll have people who are willing to discuss. I'm talking about now player to reporter changes that they've made things that they've tried people that they'll credit, whether it's a coach or a family member or a pitching lab in North Carolina, but you'll have someone saying something that represents a story and another chapter in a story that makes it more fun, more engaging. This has nothing of the kind because even the things that get you interested, and I'm talking about now just as whether it's a listener, a viewer, a reader, a consumer of media in any form, not just this program, not just the stuff that I write. What gets you engrossed what gets you wanting more is when you f- want to find out what what happened, what what actually made this situation better. Because now I care about this player and in turn this person. None of that's there, so I'll get the knocks, and I I appreciate that. In fact, I happen to agree with it that too many of the subjects on this show. Are well, Andy Haynes, he's the worst hitting coach ever. Why don't they get rid of Andy Haynes? Oscar Marine, who gets better under Marine? Why did Mitch Keller have to go to the pitching lab? Why did Rowanzi Contreras have to go to the pitching lab? Why are all the prospects losing all of their velocity? Why are the major leaguers losing their velocity? Why do the Pirates lead the universe in called third strikes? Why do they just stand there and watch pitches go by? want to talk about umps? That's what they did yesterday in Minneapolis. They talked about Laz Diaz, who had a terrible, terrible performance behind the plate. But guess what? That's also part of the same stale story. I don't care if the ump had a strike zone that was a continent wide. I really don't. I don't even care if it was unfairly the other way around. For the twins, I just don't, because you've done nothing, you, the pirates, collectively, institutionally, have done nothing to earn any sort of respect from any ump because of the passive approach. This has been true since the dawn of umpiring, and it's going to remain true until that admittedly blessed day when the robot umps take over. But that's not the year that we're in. That's not the reality that we're in. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Umps tell everyone from little league on up, swing the bat. we got no use for you just standing there holding that thing on your shoulder. Swing the bat. Act like you want to be up there and hit. Act like a hitter. This team has none of that. And this team has shown not the tiniest proclivity toward doing that. And so, just like I'm going to do tonight at PNC Park and covering Pirates versus Cardinals from the press box, I'm going to create content that accurately reflects the subject matter, which means there's an excellent chance you'll hear exactly the same show again tomorrow when we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. Today's J1Q comes from John, and boy, is it good. John asks, Dan, since this season is a punt, why aren't the Pirates demanding that their faster players take off a lot more? We're now toward the middle of the pack in attempts per game, as opposed to being near the top of attempts per game. In April, it would make sense that with nothing to lose, the players would learn their limits this year, and the only way to do that is to try to steal more often. Stealing bases is an art and a skill. A team like the Pirates need to utilize whatever marginal advantages they might have, especially since they can't afford to acquire top-end power or pitching. John, I tend not to be a conspiratorial type. In fact, I'm not going to lie to you, I allow almost all of that sort of thing to pass through one ear and out the other. However, the pirates were in fact attempting to steal bases at an amazing pace back in April. They were succeeding at an Equally amazing pace. They made it look as if runs were just going to grow on trees, that all that someone like Ji Huan Bei in particular needed to do was to crawl on his hands and knees to first base, and you were going to get a run out of it somehow, some way. Didn't it feel like that back then? What happened? Well, they went to Denver. Okay, and here comes the theory. But something happened in Denver. I don't know what. I don't know if it was Les Diaz had some kind of book on somebody from his time in Pittsburgh. I'm joking. Although Diaz did have a really good defensive series. But the Rockies 100% sniffed out what the Pirates were doing. I don't know what it was. I don't know who it was. But I know that the Rockies had unreal results in that three-game set, which, by the way, was the beginning of the quelling of the whole 20-8 thing. After that, all you saw was the Pirates getting thrown out. By everybody. Didn't matter... Whether they were facing a righty or a lefty, didn't matter how good the defensive catcher was for the opponent. They were just getting thrown out. Then they started getting picked off. Because getting thrown out wasn't enough, they also had to get picked off. And then, from there, they pretty much just stopped running. As you point out. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I've asked. The only answers I'll get are something along the lines of, well, Well, O'Neal Cruz would have been a big part of that. Well, uh, Cruz would have been a big part of everything. You can use that applied to everything. Sure, Cruz would have stolen bases. And maybe that would have done something to soften up whatever magical scheme might or might not have been concocted out at Coors Field to defuse this team's running game for an entire season. But I can't be convinced that that series and that opponent, by the way, the Rockies, if you'll recall, were just awful at the time. I can't be convinced unless someone were to really throw a whole ton of facts and data that I honestly don't feel like looking up that would turn me the other direction. Heaven forbid that this coaching staff could have come up with some kind of antidote whether or not it was the rockies whether or not it was Cruz or whatever else that somebody could have said hey you know what they did bust us on what we were doing earlier but let's try this instead never happened not at all unlike the hitting and pitching instruction on this team. I appreciate the question. Again, it was a really good one. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We're going to do this again tomorrow. No, for real. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts